0: To Texas so that I can spend uh, Christmas with my family. So being with them, the the, the food, the uh, the presents, I, I love all of that. You know, and I, I was looking around the auditorium when uh, when I got here and just think it looks so beautiful. You guys have done such a great job decorating everything. I was laughing a little bit about the garland on the uh, on the podium, not because I think it's 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 that funny. It's just that at the seminary they decided to do that on the desk that welcomes people in. But the desk is actually kind of high. And the girl that sits behind the desk is kind of short. And so the first time I came in and saw it, I walked over to her and I said, are you hiding in the bushes? You know, <laughs> she can barely be seen. I, Christmas is just such a rich time, I think. I, I, I really enjoy it. And maybe more than that, it's a time of, of, of mystery, don't you think? A time where we really try to grab hold of this mysterious idea that God could become flesh. You know, Luke and, and Matthew both just spend pages trying to develop this idea that there's a, an angel who appears to a virgin, a, a virgin woman, and announces that she's going to be pregnant without any any help from a man. You know that she's just going to to bear a virgin child and. and Not only that, but that it's announced to shepherds by a host of angels. You know, I kind of think that all the angels are up there because nobody wanted to be left out, right? It was that kind of a situation where they all wanted to be a part of it. So all the angels show up to announce to a little group of shepherds that Jesus, and not only that, but somehow this group of people from someplace around Persia see a star, and start following that all the way. I mean, tons of mystery surrounding what happened. (laughs) The gospel of Mark is kind of funny because he's so excited about getting to the life and death of Christ that he skips over all that and just starts with his baptism. John, on the other hand, is the gospel that's really caught my attention this year. While Matthew and Luke seem to dwell a lot on the things that we could see, the, the, the things that were observed, the things that were happening, that people could talk about, John seems to say, I want to give you a different perspective on this. I want to show you this almost from heaven's perspective. So this may seem like an unlikely passage for us to go to for a, for a Christmas time sermon, but I want us to look at the first chapter of John because I want you to see how he conceptualizes this whole idea of Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. I think we're going to put it on the screen here as well. Um, but let's take a look at the passage, John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all may believe that through him, he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, The only God who is at the Father's side, He has made it known. I think this passage is so rich <laughs> that I'm going to have to skip over most of it just to try to help us to get this. Was the word. You guys know. Jewish man or woman that read that, their mind was immediately going to go back to Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He intentionally does that. In the beginning, he's calling all the Jews to look back at it, but then he says something kind of funny, in the beginning was the Word. What on earth? We know from context that he's talking about Jesus, but why describe him as the Word? I think that John is leaning into those who were Greeks that had come to know Christ. And the word he uses there, the word logos, is a word that does mean word, but the Greeks used it to mean something bigger than that. They didn't just mean a word. They meant something, they, they, they intended it to mean something that was overwhelming, that was that was the, the, the word often they use it as, as, as the word that was sort of the final word about something. The idea is what we get from the word theology. It's made up of two Greek words, theos and logos. And they put it together not to say it's a word about God, but to say it's everything that describes God, that everything you can say about God is wrapped up in this theology, this word about God. So when he says that Jesus was word. When he calls him the word, he means that Jesus was the final word, that he was the word that encompasses everything that God was. It's crazy because what John is doing for us is he's pulling back the curtain and the logos that we never knew is there at creation. He's creating everything that nothing is made that's not made with Christ, with this son who's there with them. God, this is so mind-blowing. There are very few passages in Scripture that give us this deep picture of who the son was. For Luke, the son is born in a manger. for, for, for Matthew the same, for John, the son existed at the very dawn of creation that he always was. And he says, That everything that was created was created by him. That's awesome. Then I love it that he comes back and describes Jesus with two words in this little passage that I think are fantastic. He says, first of all, in him was life. Well, why does he say that? He's talking about creation. And he's saying, look, all the life that you have, the life that God has given you, the, the air that you're able to breathe in, the way that you're able to, it is not because you just sort of evolved. That way, that John is saying Jesus granted that life. He is life. And then he uses the word light. Well, why light? Well, I think partly it's because the very, very first thing in Genesis 1, 1, the very in Genesis 1, the very first thing that God creates is light. And he separates it from darkness. So I think that John is talking about that. But if we read on through the passage, he's got a double meaning out of this word, light, that he's not just talking about the light that provides an ability for us to see, the light that separates the darkness. He's talking about the light that shows us God. And it's crazy because from the dawn of creation, people knew their creator. Adam and Eve know God. He walks among them. They knew their creator. I think Cain and Abel, even after the fall, know their creator. I mean, they bring an offering to him. It doesn't work out so well for Cain, but they bring an offering to him because they like know that there's creators there, but it doesn't take very long. before people seem to forget that they were made by a creator, they seem to forget, who God was. They seem to try to form gods for themselves, and it doesn't take very long for them to get to that point where they've forgotten the creator. I think that one of the reasons that God decided to create for himself a people, the Jews, the Jewish nation, the Hebrew nation, I think one of the reasons why he did that was so that he could provide a people who would, Remember and be a reminder to other people that when he gave them the law, the law was less about behaving a certain way because it's right and more about behaving a certain way because that's the way people who know God that he gave them the loss so that they would understand, that they would be set apart as a people for him, that they would be this reminder when they lived differently from the Gentiles, when they lived differently from the other nations that were around them, that people would look to them and say, that's what it means for people who remember the Creator. They kept buying into the idols of the other nations around them. They kept rejecting the laws that God had given them. They kept walking away from all that, that they became a people who tended to forget. It's really crazy because that's exactly where John goes. Look look again at verse... uh, I just lost my place. Here I am. Again at verse 10. It says he, meaning Jesus, was in the world and the world was made through him yet the world did not know him. They should have known him. They should have recognized him. He was the creator. He was the one that made them. They should have known him. But even though he was with them They didn't know him. Born of a virgin, walking on water, raising from the dead, and yet they had forgotten that they were created by this God. And then he goes on, which is even more scary. He goes on in verse 11, and he says, And he came unto his own. The Jews, the people that were set apart to remember him. They were set apart to be a reminder to the world of him. And yet he came to his own and his own did not receive him. That they had forgotten already. They should have recognized their Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah. Why didn't they recognize Understand the Apostle Paul right, we don't forget God because we somehow lose track of things because our memory fails. If I understand what the Apostle Paul says right, we forget God willfully, that, that, that we choose to forget God. I don't know that we're any better, at least not as far as our culture goes. I kind of love watching Christmas movies this time of year. You know, I turn on all the movies and and watch them. I I don't care if I've seen them a hundred times. I'm going to watch them over and over again. But have you noticed that how often the movies tell you a lot about Santa Claus, about snowmen, about uh, reindeer, about family, about food... All of these kind of things that are really kind of fun, good things tell you a lot about that. But they forget that this is celebrating the birth of Jesus. That they, they they forget what's the core. Christmas songs, man, we love to sing "Joyful." World. And we sang some great Christmas songs this morning. I love the "Hark! The Herald Angels Sing." Awesome, awesome stuff. But have you noticed how often the Christmas music that we hear on the radio, the Christmas music that is sung by our culture, tends to forget that this is about Jesus. John doesn't leave us there. In verse 14, he goes on to describe Christmas in a verse. He says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son of the father. Full of grace and truth. Isn't this amazing? That Jesus is unwilling for us just to. Forget. He's unwilling to leave us in our forgetfulness. And so he comes and he becomes flesh. The last verse of this passage says that Jesus actually represented exactly who God is. That we can know who God is by seeing who Jesus was. That everything about him reveals everything about And if that's not enough, he doesn't leave us because we failed to be the kind of people that he calls us to be. That Moses gave the law, he says. But that Christ gave grace and truth. Grace to know that even though we fail to look like, the people that honor God, that we fail to live lives that have the kind of perfection that God requires, that because we fail to be perfect in our relationship with God, that he showers us with grace. His word says grace upon grace that he just keeps pouring out his grace on us. Earlier, he he uses the, 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 the image of adoption when he says those who did receive him Became children. He gave the right to become children of God. We get to be his children. It seems to me that Christmas ought to be for us an opportunity to remember. I was talking to a friend of mine about this passage And I was saying, you know, isn't it crazy how quickly people forgot God in the Bible? How quickly they moved away from God. And he said, Paul, it wasn't just the people in the Bible. He said, I struggle with that. I'm driving down the road. Somebody cuts me off. And all of a sudden, I forget that I belong to Christ. I forget that I'm created in him. I forget that I'm supposed to be living for him, that I'm supposed to be a picture of his life. And I start yelling and screaming. It's so easy for us to forget God, to willfully set Him aside in order to do whatever we want to do with our anger or our frustration or our lust or whatever it is that we're working on, that it's so easy for us to forget. Maybe Christmas is the right time for us to remember that a baby born in a manger was somehow placed in flesh so that we can know God. Maybe Christmas is time for us to remember. Family is is important and and having feasts is good and and opening packages, all that stuff is good. Even setting out um, snowmen on the front lawn, that's, that's fine. Maybe beyond that maybe we ought to be a people who are a reminder to our culture who remind them that there is a God that's created them that it doesn't matter if you willfully forgotten God has not forgotten you that maybe we look for ways to make known during this season by letting people know that the season is about a mystery. That the God of the universe, the God who created became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Pray with me. Father God, that there are times in our lives where it's so easy for us to forget you. We confess that there are times in our lives when we let other things crowd you out of our thoughts and out of our imagination and out of our lives. God, we ask for your forgiveness. Help us to use this Christmas as a time to remember Father, help us to be the kind of people that live our lives in such a way, that talk in such a way, that that, that, that pray in such a way, that we become a reminder to those around us that there's someone who created them, who redeemed them, or who's offered them.